Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts be acceptable to you this night and every day and every night through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. In my youth, I did not get into a whole lot of fights, but I did manage to find my way into a few. And I remember one day in grade school, walking home, uh, there was a new boy in the class. He was um, a large young man. We were probably in fourth or fifth grade at the time. And I think we sort of were natural enemies. Um, we were, I think, fighting for dominance in the classroom. And uh, on the way home, it was winter time, and we had a vicious snowball fight on the way home. And he, uh, at one point, I hit him with a snowball, and he fell over, and I saw a large block of snow, and I picked it up, I walked over to him, and I crushed it down on his head. And he didn't want to fight anymore. But I ran, I ran home crying. I told my mom, uh, I, I told, I've told Harriet, I, I'm such a bleeder that if I ever committed adultery against you, you would be the first to know. <laughs> I told my mom everything. I said, I, I had a fight with this boy and I took a large block of snow and I crashed it down on his head and and I, I was just crying, and the tears were running down my face, and, and I said, I feel so bad. And she said, you should. You should feel bad, son. Now, Frank and I became good friends uh, after that, and, and it's like boys, right? Boys, boys will duke it out and, and then become friends. Um, None of this passive-aggressive stuff. We just, we're gonna be outwardly aggressive, and then we're gonna make up. And we did, and unfortunately, he moved away a, a year or two later. Uh, Frank Gerwey was his name, and a, a, good, a good boy. Well, growing up, I've lost my share of fights as well, but e even the fights I won, I, I really lost. I may have won the fight, but I really lost something more important. And uh, Roman number one in your outline on page seven, overcome by evil. Point A, to repay evil for evil is really defeat. It is defeat. And St. Paul, writing to the Corinthians in his first epistle, uh, they were suing one another, taking one another to court, which is the, kind of the adult way, the, the genteel way to fight, okay? There's just more involved when adults fight. And Paul wrote, to have lawsuits at all with one another, to be fighting at all 
with one another is already a defeat. Doesn't matter who wins the fight. Paul writes, why not rather suffer wrong? Why not rather be defrauded? You might win the lawsuit, but you've already lost the war. In other words, when you are at odds with someone else, there's much more going on than your dispute. Your dispute is a symptom, it's only a symptom of something much greater. Number two, all of us are caught up in a spiritual war. It's not just a culture war. You hear about that all the time in the news. But it's a spiritual war. It goes much deeper. St. Paul writes in Ephesians 6, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's a spiritual battle. The opposition is not visible to us. We may think it is, but the opposition is beyond our sight. Yet it's very real. All of us are caught up in a spiritual battle between right and wrong, between good and evil, between darkness and light. And whoever offends you has fallen victim to evil. Your offender has become a casualty already. That's why he attacks you. He wants to make you a casualty also. And when you return evil for evil, you've already become a casualty yourself. You've already lost the war. Letter B, see to it that the one who hurts you does not make you like himself. That's Luther. See to it that he does not make you like himself. Solomon wrote in Proverbs 26, do not answer a fool according to his folly or you yourself will become just like him. You'll be a fool. Letter C. You are not called to be a man's man. You're called to be God's man. There's a big difference. To be a man's man is to be conformed to this world. To be a man's man is to act naturally. To do what comes naturally. To be God's man is to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. Roman numeral two. Overcome evil with good. Those are Paul's words. Overcome evil with good. Letter A, an enemy is helpless without a target. Have you ever noticed an enemy must have someone or something on which to focus his anger 
but if you can remove his reason to be angry, you make it difficult for him to remain an enemy. I suppose it's still possible to be an enemy, but it's hard without a target. Point number one, the only vengeance a Christian has at his disposal is the vengeance of unmerited love. It's unmerited love. That's the vengeance God has given us to wield in this battle, in this spiritual war. That's why St. Paul writes in our third reading, to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. That is to say, your enemy's need, and your enemy has needs too, becomes the opportunity for God to transform him. Number two, the only grief we can bring upon another is the grief of contrition or repentance. Contrition is sorrow for sin. It's the way I felt after throwing this block of snow onto Frank. That's godly sorrow. St. Paul writes, for godly sorrow produces a repentance that leads to salvation. Without any regrets, you have no regrets looking back on that sorrow. It was the right thing at the time. St. Paul writes in Romans 12, 20, for by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. The burning coals, as far as we can understand, would be that sorrow that we engender in the enemy through our kindness. And I would ask you this. Whenever you screw up, whenever you offend someone, is it possible, is this just possible, that you could become more angry with yourself than anyone else might be angry with you. Is that possible? Is it possible that when you screw up, you might hate yourself even more than the person you've offended hates you? Not all hate is bad when it's for a good reason. That is godly sorrow that leads to repentance. And that's the result of a renewed mind. That's the result of a tender conscience awakened by the word of God. Well, Luther wrote, see to it that the one who hurts you does not make you like himself. The flip side of that, point B, See to it that you make the one who hurts you to be like you. To be like you in your renewal. See 
St. Paul writes, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. I know it's natural to, to give the curse in return. That's our nature, that's our reflexive response. But he writes, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought. See, this isn't impulsive stuff now, it's not impulsive. But give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Letter C, God's kindness toward you in Christ makes you like himself. God's kindness makes you like himself. This is what, this is really our, our theme passage for this sermon series, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that is the gospel, that is the good news of your salvation in Christ, that is God's kindness toward you when you deserved it least, Because of that, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may discern what is good and perfect and acceptable in the sight of God. That's a renewed mind at work, renewed by the good news of our Savior. And St. Paul said it this way, in the close of chapter four of his letter to the Ephesians, he wrote this, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice, meaning don't just get rid of it in yourself, get rid of it in the one who's angry with you. And how do you do that? How do you get rid of someone else's anger? He tells us in the next verse, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. It all begins with the Lord. The renewed mind ponders the cross and what God accomplished there. There's the victory that leads to every other victory in life every day. It all began there at the cross. And the defeats that occur every day when we repay evil for evil, they are the result of having forgotten what God has done for us there. That's why the gospel is primary. That's why we proclaim it every service. We never tire of reminding ourselves of what God has done for us because the more we remember that, the more we hear it, the more we become like him, the more we repay not evil for evil, but kindness for evil, and the more we're able to see transformation occur in those around us as God has caused it to occur in you and in me. It all begins there, but it doesn't end there. It continues through you, it continues through me. In Jesus' name. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.
please stand for prayer. Page 10. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Keep me as the apple of your eye. In righteousness I shall see you. And we pause for silent prayer as we remember the fighting taking place in Eastern Europe. Visit our dwellings, O Lord, and drive from them all the snares of the enemy. <clears throat> Let your holy angels dwell with us to preserve us in peace, and let your blessing be on us always, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Guide us, waking, O Lord, and guard us sleeping. That awake we may watch with Christ, and asleep we may rest in peace.
mighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the 